Prepare to be astonished. It's that time again. Let's get started. From the Clatsop County Historical Society, an adventure in history with Matt Burns and Alana Quila. You should never be allowed to talk to people. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. And now, with today's adventure, it's Mac and Alana. Good evening and welcome back to another adventure in history. It's good to be here. It is good to be here. Yeah. Um, Valentine's Day is coming up. A couple days. Oh, goodness. Thanks for the warning. Right. <laughs> Love day. Friendship day. Take care of yourself day. Any other days we can call it? Some people don't like Valentine's Day because it mm-hmm. seems very commercialized. It um, is very commercialized, but I'm, there's I'm, other things that we can do to share some love. I'm not prepared to like give the history of St. Valentine, and <laughs> I think it involves beheadings. We've and done you, it. And you I know. Yes. So. I know. <laughs> yes. We've done it before. We could go back in our archives. Of all the really morose things I talk about, for some reason, you hate that one the most. It's shocking. I know. Every time, <laughs> Mac. I don't know why. <laughs> I should go back and see how many times I've said that on the air. But we do have a wonderful guest here today who is not going to talk about that. No. Without introducing yourself. I would be surprised. Um, say a couple words about yourself and then we'll introduce you before we get on. I'm a native Oregonian. I have ties to Astoria. I grew up in Northwest Portland. Love it. And we're so glad you're here tonight. That's Christine Lolich, if you don't recognize the voice. Now, who could not recognize the voice? I don't know. Well, some people might not. Because you do a lot of things. She does but, do a lot of things. We'll, we're going to we'll, get into all we'll of those things. But first... We got to plug something. You have an event. We have an event coming up. Uh, casino, the Roaring Twenties Speakeasy Casino Night. Coming at up. At the Heritage Museum. We took a couple of years off, but we're excited to have it back. I did not go back to see how many years it's been, but it's probably been... At least three or four. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, we did 12. it. Twelve. Yeah. yeah, we've done it for a long time. Okay. Uh, the host- the CMH hospital used to do one, and mm. then when they stopped, we asked. We said, are you guys ever going to do this again? And they said, no. And we said, do you mind if we do a casino night? And they said, we don't care. Go ahead. Good. So we started share doing the, it when they stopped. Share the love. Yeah. Good. So it's uh, Saturday night, February 18th. Mm-hmm. The uh, doors open at 6. The gaming starts at 6.30. goes three hours, 6.30 to 9.30. Then we have prizes. If you stick around, almost everybody walks away with some prizes. And there's prizes for best 1920s costumes. There's uh, craps, there's there's poker, there's blackjack, there's roulette, and there's great, These it's a professional company, and if you don't know how to play these games, they'll show you. I was going to say, there's all levels. All I mean, levels. I remember when I came, there was like a back room where I, I could not sit down at the table, but there were other areas where you could go well, gamble. The, the poker, by, by rules, has to be a, a separate buy-in. Ooh, okay. So if you just want to come to the event, it's 20 bucks per person, $30 okay. if you come as two people. There's a bar. There's a bar. It's cash at bar. The bar. Tons of great hors d'oeuvres. We're going to be um, um, catered by Fulios this year. Oh, yummy. So that's going to be yummy, yummy. If you want to play the poker, there's a separate buy-in. The first game, it's 30 bucks, Okay. And you could win a $150 Visa cash card. Should I buy my ticket in advance? You can. You can go to our website, astraymuseums.org, okay. and you can click right there. And Oh, an e-ticket. We'll, we'll, call, well, no, we'll call you and oh, okay. get you on the list. <laughs> I was say, wow. But a uh, special okay. thank you to our sponsors. Our presenting sponsor, Arbor Care Tree Specialist and Bowie Beer, and then a whole bunch of other sponsors that sponsor like a blackjack table or the bar or the mm-hmm. food, and that's Old Town Framing, Patricia Roberts, the uh, Stemper Carey sponsorship. I, like <laughs> I kind of think they might have like wanted me, but that's all they gave me. They didn't give me more information, so <laughs> I can I help sure, them like, with if that. It was the business yes. or uh, <laughs> personal donations. Though. Yeah, Good. then uh, Fultano's Pizza, Astoria, Jim and Janet Allberg. 
Northwest Lending Group, uh, Bornstein Seafoods, Clatsop Community College, and Warrington Kia. Love it. So a whole bunch of sponsors making it possible. It's, uh, it's a fundraiser, but it's just a lot of fun. It is, yeah. And that's one of the reasons we do it. People say, wow, I didn't know the historical society was fun. <laughs> I do not say that. <laughs> I said a lot of people. Okay. So we're trying to eliminate all the people all from those saying people. those things. So if you're curious about it, yep, get dressed up or not. Although quite a few people do. Quite a few people. And we give out prizes. Up. Yes. If you were in the best costume, you might get like a $50 prize. Okay. And it is at the Heritage Museum. It's Should at we the say Heritage that? Museum. Yeah. And you got to come to the, if you come before 630, because doors open at 6, 630, you got to go in the back door, the Ooh, black door. Love that's it. on the north side of the building. And there's a little parking lot. You have to knock on the door and say, Joe sent me. <laughs> and if you don't say Joe sent me, I'm not going to open the door. And you just stand out there in the rain. You will. <laughs> <laughs> That's the password. Okay. Joe sent me. We this... may have a sign out there reminding people. So No, we never do. But you could. I could, but I'm not. <laughs> I like listening to Do you to want com- me to explain the point of this fundraiser, Mac? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like saying, who sent you? Or what's the password? And then there's like silence and I hear like murmuring outside like, oh yeah, we're supposed to say something. What are we supposed to say? (laughs) (laughs) This is all for your entertainment. It is. It is is entertaining. That's the point of the fundraiser. But then usually I play the first poker, so I have to abandon that door at 630. Okay. Because the $30 buy-in, the other games are 40 and 50, so I only do the 30. Okay. So So anything goes after that? Yes. All right. All right. Um, Shall we get to the history? Anything else we need to say about casino? This day in history. Let's do it. So I don't have a big one today. Um. These are things that happen on February 13th. They're uh, icebreakers. They're yep. things to talk about. 1826, the American Temperance Society is founded. Oh, that's good. 1826. That seems really early. It does. <laughs> like, was, was it a huge problem? Was it needed yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 1905, Teddy Roosevelt discusses America's race problem in a speech to the New York City Republican Club. Oh, Top five. 1905. It's one of the top five, right? Or top one. He's top five. No, he's never one. Okay. Because you got to go Lincoln or Washington if you're ranking presidents. You just can't. (laughs) I mean, one of those two has to be number one. Has to. But Teddy's always in my top five. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's 1905. He's talking about race. Good. All right. Uh, 1946. The firebombing of Dresden. The uh, series of allied firebombing raids begins against the German city of Dresden, reducing the Florence of the Elbe, I don't know if I'm saying that right, to rubble and flames and killing roughly 25,000 people. Despite Mm. the horrendous uh, scale of destruction, it arguably accomplished little strategically since the Germans were already on the verge of surrender. So I don't know that non-historians really get firebombing is a horrible, horrible thing. Yes. And we, we firebombed Tokyo as well. And and I know people get upset about the atomic bomb, and they're like, oh, that was horrible. But firebombing sucks the air out of your lungs. Mm. It suffocates you, and then it burns you to death. That seems very painful to me. Yes. And for that mass of destruction, yeah. too. And it's just that you drop that many bombs all in a row oh. that it, it sucks all the oxygen out. Mm. So... Anyway, Dresden, that was, and, and that's a, a one that a lot of people, in terms of how horrible war can be, they talk about the bombing of Dresden. Uh, but that was not my history highlight of the day. The thing I think had the most impact on history, 1633, Italian astronomer Galileo, I'm not going to get you to sing. Galileo, uh, Galileo. <laughs> arrives in Rome for trial before the Inquisition for professing belief that Earth revolves around the sun. Ooh. Ahead of his time. Ahead of his time. Yeah, it didn't 
you know. But but does the Earth really revolve around the sun? <laughs> Doesn't it revolve around Adventures in History with Mac and Alana? Well, in my world, it revolves around me. So, <laughs> so that's my history. I think that had the most impact. Yeah, that that is good. So, a couple you missed oh, uh, in 1970, the first black man. Oh boy, I just lost it. Was admitted to the New York Stock Exchange. 1970. Wow. So Joseph Searles. Yeah, it does. Right. Joseph okay. Searles the third became the first floor member and floor broker in the New York Stock Exchange. He worked as a floor partner in the firm of. Neberger, Loeb, and Company. Oh, they're my favorite. Oh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then a fun one uh, in 2000, just barely making the cut by my standards. <laughs> the last peanut comic strip was published in newspapers just hours after the death of the creator, Charles Schultz. Oh. So tomorrow, yeah, was the last day in 2000. I like Snoopy. Yeah, that's a good one. Very sweet, right? Lots of little lessons there. Life lessons for all of us. Indeed. Which is a good segue and that's why we have Christine here to share some of her life lessons. And let's start with how you ended up uh, right here on the North Coast. How I ended up here. I didn't know I wanted to end up here. Mm-hmm. My husband, uh, John Hopkins, was uh, director of outreach for Legacy Health System. And he came to all the rural areas and would bring physicians for educational opportunities. And he decided that we needed a retirement home here. Oh, so in his quest, he brought me here, which of course I'd been here many times, actually uh, here at the the Heritage Museum, uh, eighth grade, a field trip. So he brought me here and showed me some homes down, excuse me, Safeway Way, and they all needed improvements. And we don't improve. We hire, but we don't improve. I mean, we improve, but we hire. So that didn't work. And then one day he was in Owaco with a neurosurgeon and the neurosurgeon came to me at work at Emanuel Hospital Emergency Department and said, if you don't buy this house we saw, I will. And so we came and looked at it and it was the perfect little retirement home overlooking the mighty Columbia River. Oh, I love it. And did you fall in love right away? Did it take you a little while? Was it just like, oh, this is, this is good? Well, when we bought the house, we were both working full-time, so it's going to be a retirement home. And then um, in 2005, I ended up coming here and working at Columbia Memorial. So then I was here full-time, and then the next year, John retired. But why did he really want to come to Astoria? That is the question and the answer. John grew up in the Azores Islands, or Azores. His father worked for Western Union International and was a superintendent, and... John's father, Chesley Graham, met his future wife there. Her father was the superintendent for the Canadian subsidiary. Now that's back in the day when they did the cables from actually Heart's Content in Newfoundland Hmm. over through the Azores and on over to the European countries. So they were stationed there. John was born in Brooklyn, so he wouldn't be a dual citizen and grew up there and then they came to Newfoundland and lived there in uh, Bay Roberts. So Astoria reminded him of the ships he saw coming through the Azores, but we see way more ships coming through here. And then the hills here reminded him of Newfoundland. And back when we bought the house, there were a few people that lived here from Newfoundland. Down at um, Pier 11, there was a lady that had a restaurant or shop, and she was from Newfoundland, so Mm -hmm. very, you know, and now with the homes here getting more colorful, you find that in like Greenland, Iceland, and Newfoundland because it's 
can be dull in the winter months. Sure. I understand that. I love that. So, so at what point did he confess that this is the reason? Yeah. Did you know this going in or was it after the fact? It was after, well, I couldn't figure out why I was in, I, I didn't even know that we needed to buy a retirement home. <laughs> I kind of liked where we lived. <laughs> so, I mean, but it worked out because mm-hmm. we would come on weekends and it was a great place to come because I actually managed a manual emergency department. So we had adult pediatrics and trauma mm-hmm. and coming here was very relaxing and you could just sit there and watch the river forever Mm -hmm. and it was restful and peaceful which is good for the soul Mm -hmm. i love that and and when did you you why did you come through here as an eighth grader why did you visit the heritage museum well don't you remember we used to go on field trips (laughs) and that's my only field trip ever in school because i went to a parochial grade school and we didn't have them and i was Mm -hmm. at the public school for eighth grade so here we Mm -hmm. came to astoria and we went to the um astoria column called the aster column then Mm -hmm. And and uh, what were your impressions of Astoria as a as an eighth as grader? As an eighth grader, no recollection. Oh, okay. <laughs> Other than you, did, you knew that you came here, though. I love that. Yeah, and yeah. then on my mom's side of the family, Vince um, Dulcich, who was a loved teacher and coach mm-hmm. at uh, Astoria High School, was my mom's first cousin. Okay. What a small world. That is amazing. So healthcare. So you have an amazing history with healthcare, as does your did your husband as well. Um, what wh- when did you start to know that that was where you were going to go with your life? Well, when I was little, my mom had bursitis, and they injected her, and I was little, like four, and all I knew that that was really painful, and I decided I was going to be a nurse so I could help people so it wouldn't hurt. I was, I mean, I was like four or five. And what did your, your parents do? I mean, they, I assume they weren't anything related to medical. Not at all. And where were you living at the time? Northwest Portland. Okay. On Raleigh Street. Oh, I love it. And the name of the dog my, that I have is Raleigh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you never strayed from that then. So at, from four years on, four years old and on, you knew that healthcare was going to be the direction that you t- took. Yes, in high school, I was volunteer at St. Vincent's, and I did thousands of hours of volunteer. And it was just was just a really good experience. And did you start in emergency? I, mean, started, at, uh, I started at Emanuel Hospital on a surgical unit, and then we also had the next unit down took care of burn patients. And I eventually went and took care of burn patients, and that then became the Oregon Burn Center, which pretty soon here, I think it's going to be 40, or 50, 40 years old maybe. Yeah. Wow. And at what point in your studies do you get that specialization or that, that realization that I'm going to to operations and I'm going to eventually go down the, the hallway to the burns? I mean, do you make that judgment at some point in your schooling? Well, I was a nurse aide. That's how that started. I was a nurse aide and I probably floated down there to help. And it, it's... It certainly isn't a place for everyone, but no medical department is. Everybody has their niche, and it's really difficult taking care of the people. And, you know, you talking about burns, like when you inhale and, you know, then you burn, it's, um, it's a horrible experience, to put it mildly. And it can be a long haul for people, uh, months and months. And, you know, people are burned a variety of ways. But anyway, I just sort of ended up down there. And then I went to nursing school and decided that's where I'd work. And 
we had everything from, you know, literally newborns because they were burned by a heat lamp mm -hmm. to some, you know, old, old, old people. And, uh, and we did the critical care. So it was everything combined in one place. Where along the way did you and John cross paths? Well, at the Oregon Bird Center. He was the first um, uh, manager of LifeLight, the mm -hmm. emergency helicopter, and ours in started in Emanuel Hospital in Portland, and it was, I believe, the third helicopter program in the United States. And he, um, the Burn Center was doing a fundraiser with Johnny Limbo and the Lug Nuts. Oh, so I sold him and his fiance tickets, and everybody went and had a good time. And he had a fiance, and so I asked if he had a brother, but he didn't. <laughs> that was 1978. Okay. There's more to this story. Say, we've got to ask the follow-up. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, things happen sometimes, so he got divorced. Mm -hmm. But he lived in Bend at the time, and so a friend let me know that he was in Bend and I should get together with him. And so that was 1993, 1978, 1993, and we got married in 1994. Oh, I love it. Wow. <laughs> I love it. And so Bend in Portland. Mm -hmm. So did he stay in Bend? Or in you stay in Portland? How did that? When we got married, I had to move. Oh, you did. Uh, I had to move out of Northwest Portland where I'd been. D did I mention I was oh. older? Um, <laughs> I was older when I got married for the first time. And so I did move to Bend, but we had to live in the West Hills in Bend for me to feel comfortable because I lived in Northwest Portland. Sure. Mm -hmm. And then he was there a year and they recruited him back to Emmanuel. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Um, so then you, so talk about healthcare, how, how much did it change in that span of time too, for your career, um, just with the technology and, um, sort of even just the cases that you were seeing? Well, so then I went to the emergency department and I, I didn't want to go to the emergency department, but I thought I could help them out. So in 1981, I went to the emergency department at Emanuel and that was before the trauma system got put in place. And our trauma program um, was started by Dr. Bill Long, who was at Eman who came to Emanuel, and he's now retired. And we we can thank him for that service. And the Historical Society in Portland just awarded him because of setting up that trauma program, which has made a huge difference for people everywhere. Um, with burn care, burn care's kind of sort of stayed the same, but not. There's new technology, and you know, people wear, I don't know what those things are called, where you wear the thing, the, you look at those things and you see like snowflakes and things out there, so you can get away from the painfulness. Oh, mm. the virtual reality. That's what it is, yeah. yes. And you know, those things are very helpful. In the emergency department, when we remodeled, we had to move to a, uh, a patient care area so those would be individual rooms with bathrooms and TVs and artwork and when we did our remodel I made sure we had artwork in all the rooms and TVs of all things but we picked artwork that um, you could kind of get away you know so it'd be like a scene maybe you think of the Columbia River and you're looking out towards Washington so you can kind of get away from where you are and get a different perspective and then with the trauma system specifically that has saved 
thousands and thousands of lives. At Emanuel, we had what was called direct admit to the operating room. So if patients met the correct criteria, um, the chargers would just decide and the trauma team would go to the emergency, excuse me, to the operating room and immediately start doing surgery on the patient to save them. And that has, <laughs> that's a phenomenal um, system. Mm -hmm. Wow. I've, it's sort of awe-inspiring to kind of think about that too, that that was a system that had to be created. Because mm -hmm. prior to that then, were they admitted and then had to maybe go through a checklist to see where they were in the stages? Well, so if you're in a bad car crash and you meet the criteria, you've got a low blood pressure, you know, all these different medical things going on. If you're around this area, you're gonna get ambulanced out or life flighted out to a higher level of care. Um, and then you just go, if you are stable enough, you can just go to a regular room, but everything's done within a short amount of time. So, and you work off of protocols. You don't, I, as a nurse, I don't need a physician telling me what to do. I already know what I need to do. If I need to start IVs, if you need whatever, you're just, the team is just doing it. And what is, is there, is there any kind of a typical day when you're doing that? Is it? Sometimes there's absolutely nothing happening, and then other times you got 12 people in a row, or how? What, what's the range of craziness? Well, in the olden days, um, Emanuel Hospital was about eight beds in the emergency department. Oh, wow. And so even when I interviewed here, they're like, well, we only have this many beds. I said, I can relate to that. Um, because I worked in a place that had little, but you grow. Right. You know, you have to grow. And even when we excuse me, remodeled at Emanuel, I thought we needed more beds, but it's all about the financial impact. And so, you know, you, 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 you outgrow it before you get there. And, um, yeah, so. I love it. And what's the kind of the range of, of emergencies that you get? I mean, you mentioned car accidents. Is that the, the most frequent? I mean, what, what are people? Emanuel was, it's a, you see everything because you are a trauma system, but you also see everybody with their aches and pains mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then, you know, broken this. And when it's uh, snowy or icy, we would re keep track of how many people were affected by injuries resulting from falling on ice or snow. Oh, yeah. And with uh, July 4th, we used to keep track of incidents from fireworks. Yeah because you can report that to the state fire marshal and you know you like to keep track of that information and you asked if a, kind of a typical day there was never a typical day in the olden days mm. like i said the olden days um you know maybe nothing would come in on a night shift mm. but you still had to have two nurses right. you still had to have a physician you still yeah. had to have an admitting clerk mm. you know and this is you've got to be ready for whatever's going to come in that's mm. the that's the key you're ready for whatever comes in so since settling here, um, you have really spread your attention to various organizations. Um, tell us how you, how you chose to get involved with and which organizations became just so important to you. The first organization, I believe, was United Way. And the, with United Way, that touches so many different organizations um, and all the nonprofits. And there's so many nonprofits. And what I notice here, you can be more involved, or it feels like you can be more involved as a, as a local than you mm -hmm. can in Portland. It, there's just a big difference. Um, and then I was involved with CASA, 
Great. And, um, and then the Liberty Theater. That's wonderful. And how did you get involved in those? I mean, did you just knock on the door and say, hey, I have an interest in the Liberty Theater? With United Way, it was somebody at Columbia Memorial that asked if I would get involved. Uh, with CASA, it was friends that I was asked. Mm -hmm. And then with Liberty, John had been on the board, and I just sort of helped with things and then eventually got on the board. And they okay. finally said, oh, yes, we can, we can use you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. And what to, to talk about each one of those just really briefly, what, what you like about them? Why are those great organizations that people should support? Uh, with, <laughs> with United Way, as I said, the different nonprofits. Um, and so you learn about those nonprofits. So it's actually an educational experience. Mm -hmm. And they each come with different goals and needs. Um, CASA for taking care of the children, that's incredibly important. And the CASA program does have uh, classes that they teach, so you could become a CASA, which means you work directly with the children. Mm -hmm. And the Liberty Theater, it's just a great old girl, isn't she? <laughs> yes. Indeed. You guys were really, I mean, you were part of the, I mean, it's renovation as well. Weren't you both part of the, the board at that time when they were looking at expanding? John was. He was, okay. Yeah. So you were throwing the ideas at him. <laughs> no, I was just sort of helping with little just things. Helping. She's yeah. underselling herself. I know. I was just saying. <laughs> I, I know Mark can't take all the credit for the things he does. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so what keeps you here? You could retire anywhere. You could, yeah. you could move away. So what, what do you love about this community? And what, uh, what other fun things do you do? I like, I, it's the view, partly, because I just look at the Columbia River all the mm -hmm. time. So that is like a fun experience and watching the ships. Um, I, it's quiet here compared to Portland, so I like that. And then I am involved in a few different organizations, so I'm involved with Assistance League, and I'm involved with our bus with the budget. We oh, have good. the 100 women now that oh, um, yes. we're doing that. And then uh, the Astoria Maritime Memorial, I'm on that committee. And then with the uh, pandemic, I was able to volunteer and help with with the county with the uh, vaccine clinics oh right thanks. yes because okay. you were one of the, you were a nurse that was giving the vaccine well i didn't give the vaccines oh, you didn't. i watched to make sure you didn't collapse oh yes okay thank you i appreciate that making afterwards. <laughs> yep making sure everybody was okay oh that's so good you talk about the hundred women i know we we've not had a guest that's been involved in that we I, haven't I, and I, I love that that's just genius of how can i make you know, $100 four times a year is still very generous, but yes. suddenly, bam, it's it's a huge amount for some nonprofits. It's a great, great um, organization. It just started last year, so I think it's going to do its fourth meeting, but don't quote me. <laughs> and the, um, the theme for each meeting is a certain kind of theme, so maybe it's like kids or... Um, Arts so, or... Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, the, so then they're, the group can submit a name and then they have the main group the ladies that are in charge uh, pick which ones can post which, or post they will uh, talk about their organization so they come and talk about them this is how ours does it others do it differently and then the members vote and whoever gets the most votes gets the hundred dollars per member and i love that because 
even if you don't agree on where the money is going, because it is a democratic process, so the most votes wins, you are agreeing ahead of time that all of these organizations are worthwhile. Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel about, I mean, about living here, that you get to, again, learn about even more good works that are going on? Well, and there's far more nonprofits than you can even begin to imagine in Clatsop County. Mm -hmm. It is phenomenal. And when you think you kind of have heard of one, then you hear of another one. And it just goes on and on. And so this, this group, it's great that they got involved here. Whoever, whomever all put it together, congratulations to them and congratulations to everybody being involved. I love it. So if it's at 100 people right now and somebody wants to join. Yeah. They can. And it's oh. over 100. Oh, it and is. And I just got an email that I, I deleted, that. but I, it's over 100. And it's then the, more pro- money. Yeah. the program right. just started for the little girls. I saw yeah, that. That yeah. was great. That's incredible. Well, you are definitely an asset to the community. We're yes. glad you're here. And Thank thanks you for so stopping much. in today. Um, we're out of time. Go make some history. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for An Adventure in History. An Adventure in History is created and produced by the Clatsop County Historical Society and brought to you by KMUN.